Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. And we're back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you from Flowwood with Caleb. And today we're going to talk about culture. So culture is something that we talk a lot, a lot about with our coaches. And uh, you guys have definitely heard us talk about it on the, on the podcast before. But we're going to talk specifically on why culture matters inside the gym setting specifically. And then uh, why it can help you make more progress. Because we know how important culture is for progress in lots of different avenues and it can definitely have a big impact on you and your fitness journey inside of the four walls of the gym and so uh, we're going to go into uh, culture all things culture for the gym today and we're going to lean a lot on the book culture code by daniel uh, coyle because that's something that we uh, have gone through multiple times and we love that book and it has so many uh, tremendous uh, insights that you can apply to your own life so this should be a a great discussion on uh, all things culture today whether it's business or your results in the gym we're all hoping to achieve more and achieve uh, success and achieve growth. And so for the idea of culture, I think in a gym setting, especially where you're exercising in a group or you're a part of a group and you're using a group to help you get the most out of your fitness uh, and your health and nutrition, um, this can be something that you apply in a lot of different areas. And you may realize like, oh, this is important for us to set a family culture or to set a culture at our workplace. And so for for everyone listening i think this is uh something where we're going to talk about it in a gym setting but there's a lot of application i think it's pretty easy to recognize that you can um you can use in other areas of your life so uh this is uh i'm excited about this yeah so uh basically um we're just going to kind of follow the outline of the book and and talk about it specifically on how it relates directly into the uh the gym environment and the, and the first one is to uh establish trust and, and for us, this is incredibly important, especially um, with new people, because we want them to know that they, um, that they can trust us and that they're safe. And so if a new member comes in and joins the gym and they don't feel like it's a safe environment uh, where they can um, try something hard and fail at it and come back again and try again without uh, being ridiculed for it, and also a safe place to where they can um, work out without the potential of seriously hurting themselves and knowing that the coach has their best interest in mind, that their coach is going to make sure that they are um, moving safely and are going to be doing things that are going to set them up uh, to succeed long term. Um, all those are incredibly, incredibly important because uh, we know if, if somebody comes in and they don't feel safe inside the gym, they're, they're not going to be able to um, stick with it long term. They're not going to be able to reach their goals that they want to set that they you know, their health and fitness go goals that they joined the gym in the first place for. And, uh, they're, they're not going to get as much out of their, their time in the gym as if they come in and they know that this is a place where I can come in and, and be seen and heard and feel safe. One of the crucial aspects of success and long-term success in our health and fitness is an identity shift. 
And in order for people to feel safe, they need to experience that sense of belonging and identity, and that's going to help them identify as a healthy person. It's good. We talk about that a lot. Uh, one of the things our coaches help do is set a culture that allows people to um, to embrace that identity that they they seek. They walked into the gym looking for a service that was going to give them greater health than they ever thought they could have or a greater fitness level. Um, and when we when we think about what is going to go into making sure that that sticks for a lifetime, a lot of it is embracing a new identity. And it's very hard for people to uh, to embrace that identity if they feel if they don't feel safe or they come into a gym environment where there is um, inconsistency or there you see that there's relational uh, strife or gossip or uh, a leader or a coach that um, in in whatever way doesn't show them the attention and that comfort and safety and so it's it's a kind of the building block for everything else is that's going to happen is it's got to be a place where people feel safe and um, you know the starting point of this is like all of these things that we're going to talk about the safety and um, as the as the foundation or as the cornerstone of it is all because there's there's more effectiveness when you do feel safe and so as you think about it it sounds kind of like uh sounds a little bit deep for going to the gym but the reality is long term this is going to be that safety is going to be what keeps you coming back when things get tough or when um the life outside the gym pulls you away from those habits that you want to develop and so i think this is a great uh it's it's the starting point for the entire book one of the uh the the things I love so much about Coyote and and people say this a lot is how it feels um, when they go inside the gym it feels like an environment of people supporting each other and people who generally want the best for each other and they feel like they're friends they feel like they're uh, somebody that they can count on and they feel uh, like they can try hard things without being uh, ridiculed inside the gym and that's one of the things that is a testament to the community of coyote members that we have is that so many people um, are so open to new people when they first walk in the door and making them feel um, like they're a part of the group because we all remember where we were when we first started and how hard it was to go and try a completely different type of training and how hard the workouts were um, and it makes it um, almost impossible to stick with it if you also feel like you're not welcome or kind of like an outsider and uh, when you go inside a, a new community. And so that's a there's a huge testament to all the members of Coyote who are willing to make new people feel welcome and a part of the group because we all know we've been there. We've been the outsider walking in on the first day. And if the faster uh, somebody feels like they're a part of the group, the faster they're going to be comfortable and really pushing themselves um, inside the gym. And that starts from the moment they walk in the door and, and, you know, a coach meeting them at the front door and, and smiling, um, talk, calling them by name and getting to know them, introducing them to new people, getting them plugged into the, into the community of the, of the class. And then it continues on every single day when, when members walk in and, uh, see other members and everybody's, uh, smiling and, and, making them feel like, Hey, you're, you're welcome here. You're safe here. And, and we're all here to, uh, do something, hard together but we're all going to support each other while we do it it's hard enough to make progress when you're in a uh in an environment with other people but it it can be even more difficult if you go into an environment and you're worried about um some sort of uh some sort of 
not stress, but uh, social anxiety, right? People have a lot of anxiety around around exercise in their body. And so when you're going to, for us specifically talking, when we're talking about a, a place where people are coming in and want to make transformations that are very deep and intimate to uh, to their body, is something as their body is, then you you need to be a place that goes above and beyond in protecting the environment. So um, training coaches, one of the things I always look to do is to help coaches realize that they are the one who are the gatekeeper for that safety. And when something happens where there's not safety or when someone uh, doesn't feel safe, we need to address it immediately and we need to be aggressive in addressing that because it's kind of the bedrock of all of their progress is if they go to a place and they're worried that, you know, someone's going to say something to them or there's, there's people gossiping about them or like they said, they feel out of place because they're not in as good a shape as they once were, uh, all of a sudden it's going to break down. And instead of thinking about the workout or that fun that they had or making a new friend, they're worried that everybody's looking at them or they're holding everybody back. And so for us, it's, it's really something that we try to be very um, aggressive towards doing because it is that important. In the book, it's really cool. In the book, they talk about these studies where they they took a group of professionals and had them work to accomplish a task in building, um, you know, one aspect of a business. And um, they put a mole in that group of 40 plus people who was specifically there to, and they had three different behaviors and whether it was laziness or um, complaining, and they put this mole in there. And the only group that succeeded despite the mole was the group that had someone in that in that group who was proactively engaging that person who was trying to sabotage the group and and spinning things into a positive light whereas for everyone else that mole ended up spreading and there were other people who ended up behaving that way and so for us the coach is the person that that is there to do that they're the one who's there to help shape that culture and um so I think that was a really cool study that was done where on the flip side, if you do have that not safe environment, if you're the type of person that engages those people and, and you're aware of it, all of a sudden you can turn that from snowballing into more negativity. You can flip it into even more positivity. And for us in this regard, it's it's more fitness. I told that story a few episodes ago because from that specific story, because it was such a profound to me and I've shared it with all our coaches as well, because it's just a great... A reminder that one person can literally change the the scope of a whole group or a team or an organization and I mean it's so apparent on uh, in sports and professional sports when you know one quarterback comes in and completely changes the culture or one coach comes in and completely changes the culture and we understand that as a uh, as a group of people but we don't think about how we can apply that same thing to the groups of people that we're in or the cultures that we're in and so um, that's something that we know as coaches is that one coach can be the positive light to to change a whole culture or a group and uh, make it feel a like it's a safe environment for people to uh, to work together and and achieve hard things uh, together and push themselves so um, the first step to to having a a great uh, successful culture is that um, you have to uh, be safe and then, so let's move on to the next set, uh, the next part, which is uh, sharing vulnerability. And to me, this is incredibly important because, um, especially as coaches, um, a lot of times, you know, people can look to a coach and and think that they've got it all figured out or they don't ever screw up, which that is not the case at all. And and um, if a coach can be vulnerable and share the things that they've struggled with or the things they've tried or failed with in the past, it can help them connect with a 
with a member on a such such deep level and make them feel like hey you know i can relate to this person i i can trust them more because i uh i know that they struggle with things just like i do and so that's something that um we as coaches really try to uh model to our to our members is that um we you know we've tried a lot of things and we failed at a lot of things but we're going to keep trying and we're going to share them with you because we don't want you to think that we've got it all figured out because we're always trying to to improve every step of the way in our coaches manual we talk about it in uh saying that we want to commit to radical transparency and all that means is that we're just we want to make sure that we're honest with people because what it does is it builds that gap of trust that says we're in this together it's not hey, you guys do this, uh, it's, hey, we're going to do this. And even the way that coaches use the phrase and that term, the collective we, um, and not, hey, y'all, y'all go do this. It's like that, even the terminology that you use says we're in this together, and that produces that vulnerability of saying, hey, I'm doing this too. I'm right there with you. Uh, it, it, uh, it helps establish a sense of trust that what all we know is what's going to allow people to to do what we're prescribing and because we believe in the product, then it's going to lead to the results that we've seen. So results come from trust and that trust is built through having a communicator or a leader who is, who's vulnerable enough to, to help get to the level and say, Hey, this is not me telling you what to do. This is us engaging in this journey together. And the, the phrase that he uses in the book and talks about it, um, it says what that does is it tells people that they have a role here and that they we need them and we talk about that with our members or it, with our coaches in in the light of we're not here for the member or the members are not here for us like we're here for them and so we're not just saying hey come on into the gym this is what we're doing like if it fits for you great it's saying hey you're the reason that i get to come to work every day and that sense of togetherness I think ends up leading to results and ends up leading to fitness and so whether you know it or not that vulnerability piece is is crucial to you experiencing results that maybe you haven't had before I think uh, about vulnerability and I think the opposite of vulnerability is ego and I think ego really um, can rear its ugly head inside the gym specifically in workouts when it's how much weight can you lift on the bar? How fast can you do the workout and results driven environment? And we, you know, we really try to, uh, encourage people to push themselves as hard as they can and make progress, but ultimately, um, help people realize that they're not defined by, uh, their results or how much weight they lifted. Um, we want to encourage their effort and not, uh, not the results. And so if, if everybody is walking around only focused on the results and what place they got and who lifted what and who beat who in the workout, it becomes a environment that is driven by ego and people don't, uh, feel safe in there because they feel like their only, uh, sense of worth is how they did on the workout or what score they were. And so when you start to have members who are really encouraging people for their effort and for their consistency and for showing up and for their positive attitude and, and recognizing and highlighting progress that other people have made, it starts to make people feel like, man, this is a really cool place that I want to be a part of because I'm not my, I'm not just the person who can squat 200 pounds or 300 pounds or whatever it is, but I'm the person who um, is in here working hard, trying to get better, just like everybody else. And so, um, if we can really try to recognize, um, when we are 
driven by ego inside the gym, which we've all been there. And I, I still struggle with it from, um, you know, day to day, week to week, every single day. Um, but if we can realize that this ego is driving me in this decision and I, instead of trying to make a decision based on what's going to make me look good in front of everybody else, uh, try to make decision instead, that's going to, how is, how is this going to help build up everyone around me and help them help us all pursue the, the same goal, um, is going to ultimately create an environment where everyone feels comfortable, you know, being a little vulnerable and it's okay to, to fail a lift or not set a PR today or not have the best score that you feel like you should have on a, on a given workout. Vulnerability is, uh, actually a gateway to a lot of progress because when you're not worried about what you're presenting to people, but you're confident in, then you're able to focus on your effort. You know, you're able to focus on um, giving it your best. And a lot of times the biggest energy drain is when we stress about what we're presenting to other people. And that actually is the thing that's keeping us from connecting with other people. So vulnerability is a really, it's, it's like the entryway into deep relationships. And it's an entryway into people actually liking you more. Because when you're vulnerable, the, or when, you, when, you, when you're not vulnerable, then you're, you, you, you don't have a way to relate to people. And so that connection is always going to be surface level. And it's a, something that I think every single person battles because we want people to see the best of us. Uh, we want that respect from them. But vulnerability actually is a gateway to getting the most respect from people. Um, all right, the last thing and the, the last, I guess, um, topic that they specifically go through in the book that we've seen um, in our environment is having a shared purpose. And of course we hear that and we think, all right, it's, we're all trying to get fitter. Uh, but honestly, that shared purpose is just in, in a lot of different things. It's in vulnerability. It's in, um, you know, that, uh, the realization that community and other people are going to help me get to a level that I couldn't get to on my own. And so that shared sense of purpose is, um, is crucial for making the most out of our efforts and getting the most out of uh, what we're trying to do. Having a shared purpose is what really makes something fun and worthwhile. And we've all been a part of something at some point in our lives where we're working with a group of people trying to achieve a common goal. And it's just so much more fun and rewarding to work with people um, towards something than it is to just really try to do everything by yourself. And when you're working on a team and trying to uh, win a championship or you're working with a group of people every single day and doing something hard because we all have the common goal of, of making weight loss progress or getting stronger or um, being in a positive environment where we build each other up, it makes the, uh, the day-to-day and the week-to-week so much more fulfilling. And so if we can all have a shared purpose of we're on the same page and we know where we're going together and we're sharing um, that with each other and really building each other up along that journey, it's going to make the, the journey so much more fun and worthwhile because inside the gym, you know, we're doing hard things day in and day out. We're, we're lifting heavy weights. We're, we're getting out of breath. We're, we're doing mobility that doesn't feel great. We're, uh, really trying to track our food and make sure, uh, we're on top of our nutrition and our macros and, and, and trying to, to cut back on our drinking and trying to get more sleep. We're doing a lot of things that are really hard that are counter, uh, culture in a lot of ways. And 
Um, we talk about this a lot and we live in a culture that, um, everything is geared to try to make our lives easier. And we're literally having our members come in trying to do hard things to make the rest of their life a little bit easier because we know the benefits of it. And so if, if we have a group of people who are realize we're fighting against the, uh, the complacency and the, uh, um, you know, just the way of life of trying to get everything as easy as possible and a group of people who are committing to do hard things consistently, then everyone can have a closer and shared bond. That's why when we have, you know, groups, uh, group outings outside the gym and people are getting together and and going and hanging out outside the gym and people are showing up for uh, quarterly offsite events together and having a good time and um, supporting each other when they're competing at a competition and traveling together and, you know, developing really close relationships that maybe we don't have in other areas of life. And it's because we have a group of people who are are working together to try to achieve something um, hard. There's a reason why a lot of people at our gym end up doing business together or um, developing relationships, like you said, that extend beyond the walls of the gym is because when you realize you have that shared purpose within the role, within the gym, oftentimes you find that those are the same types of people that are pursuing those things in their life outside of the gym, whether it's their family or their business. Um, And so because that... I, I. like you said, it's very individualistic if you just look at it on paper, but the reality is the bigger progress is made when you realize that you're able to give those best efforts because you're a part of a group. And the benefit of being a part of a group actually multiplies the effectiveness of what you can do by yourself. And so I, I think that the sense of, the sense of purpose Um, even if it's not specific, you know, I could be looking to gain muscle and you could be looking to lose weight. And we realize that our shared purpose is just making ourselves better. Um, we're trying to pursue a higher quality of life, a better quality of life. And, um, when you realize that it, it really helps you enjoy exercise more. It helps you enjoy, um, the process of getting better more then, oh, I got to change my eating or, oh, I got to sweat or, oh, I got to go do that workout. That's hard. And all of a sudden, because you have that shared purpose, it's not as hard together. We talk about this in terms of how, how workouts feel and studies have shown that workouts are not as painful when you do it with other people. And part of that is just because that sense of, oh, I'm not alone. That feeling of not being alone can, um, can help you elevate your standard of, of what you're capable of. And so I, I think that each of these things has such value, but each of these things written from this business perspective, looking at it in terms of our exercise and our pursuit of health and fitness, it also brings that same amount of uh, increased productivity and success rate um, in the walls of the gym with our health. There's a quote that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And uh, that really uh, resonates with me in this discussion and thinking that, um, sure, you can really white knuckle it by yourself for a little while and, and make good progress, but eventually you're going to reach the point where you just can't go much further alone. And if you really want to go a long way in your health and fitness journey, um, the best way to do it is with a group of like-minded people who are around you, supporting you and, and making you feel safe and, um, being vulnerable with you. And so I know a lot of this was kind of pie in the sky talk and, uh, maybe a little bit out there for a lot of people, but let's leave, leave people with a couple of, uh, actionable steps that they can really apply to, uh, how they interact with people or how they approach their, their workouts from a day to day, um, basis. 
the first thing is the safety. To me, when I think about safety, I think about going out of your way to um, make someone else feel safe. If someone comes into the gym and you yell their name from across the room or you go give them a fist bump, look them in the eye, um, you know, give them that physical touch, uh, give them that fist bump, the high five, those sorts of things go so far to changing the way that someone feels and how, how much they feel a part of the community. And I think it's hard for people who've been in the, walking in the gym every day for years to remember what it was like to walk into the gym, not knowing how to do a lot of the things they see and feeling like, uh, feeling like they're out of place. And it goes, it can, it can mean the world to someone else, just the way that you treat people when they come in. So from a safety standpoint, Go out of your way to make someone feel safe today uh, when you go into the gym, especially if it's someone that's new and you don't know anything about them. A simple asking them a question about how long they've been here or complimenting them after the workout can can really make them feel safe and make them a part of feel a part of the community. And it can make them stick here and get through those first early couple weeks when it's a little awkward and it's really tough. So that's the first thing for me. I, I think in in those regards, like. If you if you realize that if you're helping someone else right now, that eventually is going to be returned to you either by them or by somebody else down the road. And if if we only go through life uh, really just kind of thinking about ourselves, we're not ever really going to get the help um, from other people that we could have if we you know prioritized um, pouring into other people. And so if you uh, can be the one pouring into other people and building up that community around you when you are the person that needs that help sooner or later, because we eventually all are going to need that help. Um, they will be there for you or somebody else will be there for you. And so um, you can be the one that can literally change the culture of your entire class. If you, if you want, if you want, if you want to be, if you feel like um, some of this is not resonating with you and your particular class that you're in, you can, you can be the one that, that goes in and change it. We talked about the one guy who literally changed the culture of an entire group and not just for the, Oh, feel good. Oh, we're all in this together thing. But for the, actual benefits that everyone will get everyone will make more progress it's been proven that you will make more progress in a with with a positive culture um in any area that you're doing whether it's in business or whether it's in uh getting stronger or um you know making making weight loss progress or whatever it is and we all you know know the negatives of a toxic culture and um the the opposite of that is the positives of a positive culture um can make everyone achieve much higher levels than they would on their own so realizing that you can be the one that uh that can have a big impact on the culture around you and also realizing that um you might need it down the road um if you pour into it now you might be the one to receive it down the road uh vulnerability the thing i think about that's practical in the gym is not making excuses for performance, um, not over analyzing performance, but focusing on effort. And so one of the things that you can do in, in your every single day, the way you think about the gym is to uh, be proud of your effort every day and confidently say your score, not depending on how much sleep you had, not depending on whether you felt like it was your best effort or not, but just being consistent to, hey, I showed up, this is what I got, this is what my measurement was, because we're measuring things, this is what the weight I lifted, it's not, this is the weight I lifted, but oh, I'm feeling, you know, my, my hip is kind of, I uh, felt a little bit of pain, or oh, I did not get much sleep tonight, or I have not had anything to eat, um, that's the opposite of vulnerability, but the truth is vulnerability is just being yourself. It's being confident with this is this is what I have today. This is it. I'm here for a much bigger purpose than um, than the way I'm trying to perceive and whether or not people think I'm 
in the best shape. You know, it, it's it's a lot deeper than that, and that can be kind of a drag for people is when there's too much of an emphasis on your daily performance. And so vulnerability to me is recognizing that we're not always going to be perfect and no workout is ever perfect. We're never going to peak at 100% or very, very rarely in your life. Uh, the rest of the time, it's just giving your best effort. And so that's one way that you can create uh, safety and also build trust with people is being vulnerable in the aspects of your exercise that we measure specifically. I think another great strategy to try to, you know, practice more vulnerability is to have somebody call you out on it. Somebody who's going to hold you accountable, have accountability partner or somebody in your class who, um, you can, you can be honest with and say, look, I'm really struggling, um, with this, with this thing. Um, could you, could you call me out? Maybe not in person, but maybe call me after and, and, and call me out on it. And if it's something that's really important to you and you find somebody that, um, will be honest with you, that's a great way to really try to, uh, improve that, that aspect of it. So understanding that, um, ego is going to limit you, your own particular progress at some form along the way. And so if you can realize that you're struggling with that and really try to be vulnerable and, and with other people around you, you'll be amazed at being, at, you, you will be able to make more progress long-term than, than you think you, you have been able to, um, if you're focused on just your own plight. So, uh, last one, uh, one more, one more takeaway before, uh, we wrap it up and move on to the next segment. Um, the idea of a shared purpose, uh, means that you can relate to every single person that walks into the gym, whether they are completely opposite of you in terms of, um, you know, your lifestyle, age, um, work, uh, skill level, how, uh, experience level in the gym, but realizing that, you know, you can relate to everyone. So being the person in the gym who's always talking to different people and constantly mingling with different people and, and not just fitting into that small group who are the most like you and the most similar to you, but realizing that if you truly believe that we're, we have a shared purpose, then, and that's why we do partner workouts and we love them because you could be 50 year age gap and get a great workout with someone doing a partner workout because you have a shared purpose and the purpose is the same. So be that person who, who is willing to, and, um, and eager to, uh, actually walk that out in the way that you spend your time in the gym and the people that you talk to and who you lift with and that sort of thing. So, uh, that shared purpose really just looks like everyone in the gym being able to relate and converse with everybody in the gym. And that's a powerful thing. And people see that and it really inspires them and it makes them feel seen. Man, that's a really, really good discussion. And, uh, if, if you're intrigued by this and want to, want to read more about it, I would definitely encourage uh, the book culture code. Um, we'd love to talk about this. Like I said, we've, uh, we've read it and talked, talked through it with our coaches and really, really deeply believe in it. And so, uh, I'll just, finish with saying that um, if you're listening to this and you're intrigued by it, you can you can be the person that literally changes the culture of an entire group, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's at the gym or any other group or team that you're involved in, you can be the one, the person that can change it. And so um, we're not saying that that's easy at all. It's probably incredibly, incredibly hard. One of the hardest things you would do, but it's definitely worth it because it's going to make uh, everyone get much more out of whatever they're doing. So um, great discussion here. Let's uh, move on to the next segment outside the box. So what you got, Caleb? You got anything else to add to uh, our previous outside the box discussion on being a dad? Um, 
No, we do, it's it's just the the same thing. It's all new. Every day's new. Every week is new, especially early on. Um, lots of family time. We've been uh, exploring lots of different places to eat. Like I said, you know earlier, uh, opportunities for people to bring food. So we're eating a pretty diverse uh, diverse array of um, cuisine because of this. So that's been fun. Sarah and I've actually enjoyed that. Uh, and it's a uh, yeah. I've, I think one of my outside the box things that I'm I've mentioned it before and people kind of gave me crap for it, but I'm spending more time outside because it is a way for uh, our son to calm down, especially in the evenings. So we had, uh, we got a new set of porch uh, um, furniture, patio furniture, and we have these rocking chairs. And so we've been sitting out in the rocking chairs early in the morning. I'm sitting out there and watching the sun come up. And that's been like the coolest thing in the world is just to sit there, with Wells, I rock him, and then Sarah and I kind of end the night with him out there, and so we're spending more time outside, so outside the box, the weather's cooling down, I know you mentioned looking forward to that, it's kind of the perfect time to have have little kids, because it's not too cold, it's not too hot, and you can get them outside, and they feel so much, I think everybody feels better spending some time outside, so absolutely, literally outside the box, there you go, we're just spending more time outside, and spending time rocking, and watching the sun come up is a cool way to start the day. Man, that's uh, that's so fun. Looking forward to that as well. Looking forward to uh, some outside outside time this fall. Um, what you got going on? Uh, same same old. Getting ready for for our girls coming. Um, my wife has been really uh, doing a lot of research on these twelve uh, foot tall skeletons and been really looking at those. I don't think we're going to get one. I think they're pretty in high demand. Um, but I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed researching them and seeing the the Facebook group and seeing how people use them and how how much of a hot commodity they are. So if you're listening to this and you have one of those, uh, props to you because those are those are really cool. Looking forward to Halloween and uh, already seeing some decorations up for that. And I've already got my uh, I already know my Halloween costume. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to go or not this year. Just gonna depend on on the girls. But I do have a uh, a great costume picked out for that so hopefully either this year or next year i'll be able to uh to share that with the world um you got anything to recommend before we uh wrap it up caleb uh yes there's a book we read it together as a uh as a team um unreasonable hospitality it is it's a fun book because it's got some really crazy stories about hospitality um 11 Madison Park. It's 11 Madison Park. EMP mm-hmm. is uh, so the author he co-founded uh, the what be, ended up in the early 20 teens, maybe 2012, 2013 became the number one restaurant in the world. Uh, we talked about this because we re- we recommended the show The Bear, and it was kind of loosely based on this. But um, what is really neat is this is written from the service industry restaurant industry but the number one restaurant in the world the thing that took them from you know 50th which is still phenomenal three michelin stars to four the thing that put them at the top was when they doubled down not even on the taste of their food or some new recipe that they had it was the hospitality that they showed the customers to a level that is it's it's seriously entertaining to read whether you're in the service industry or not because you realize that in every part of our life, we can be more hospitable to people and we can pay attention to the details. And one of the things that struck me from this book, and I won't ruin it because I think everybody, even regardless of what where your work is, would find this book um, encouraging and, and meaningful. You'd learn something. But 
one of the things that he uh, specifically talks about was um, them creating a job at the restaurant for what they call Dreamweavers. And it was literally people at the restaurant who would stand there and when people would come in, they would have researched what that person's interests were, why they were there, what they were celebrating, and they would go above and beyond to some extraordinary places to make that a meaningful experience. And what they built that premise on was that it's not even what you did for the person that's going to make the greatest investment into that business, but it's the stories that they're going to tell. And so it's like, what can you do for other people that's like, it's great that you gave them the gift, but if the gift is great enough or creative enough, they're going to tell that story to every person they know. And so that's what I thought was really impactful is like, what are we doing for people? What are you doing as a gift for that person who's done something for you? What are you doing for other people that is going to be a story that they would tell? Um, Because those are the things that almost those memories are almost more important than the actual gift that is something tangible or material that may, you may lose or, may lose value. Yeah. Um, those stories are with you forever. Awesome book. Uh, it was in the bear. It was also on this most recent episode of billions. And also the restaurant was folk, uh, featured on seven days out on Netflix. It was the very first episode on that. Um, if you've ever watched that documentary, which is a pretty cool documentary. I had no idea. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was good. the first episode on, on that as well. So, um, I watched it a few years ago and then I, I didn't realize until recently that that was actually the restaurant that we're reading about. So that was really cool. Um, great book, great book. Definitely recommend. I, uh, I finished a book called the rise of uh, Theodore Roosevelt. It's a biography by Edmund Morris and it's a first in a three part biography series on Theodore Roosevelt. And he's uh, quickly become one of my favorite presidents. He's a fascinating, interesting character. Um, and he did a lot of really, really cool things. And I just really enjoy him uh, a lot. I really enjoyed the book. I like the writing. Um, so if you like biographies, if you like learning about presidents, um, The Rise of Theodore Roosevelt was a really, really good one. It won the Pulitzer Prize, um, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago or whenever it came out. So that was a good biography if you like those. Um, well, that's a great episode here today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And we will catch you next time. silky smooth sounds.